What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. This is CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. Man, we have turned the corner. We are hurtling towards the draft. The offseason is in full swing. Free agency is rolling along. I hope you enjoyed the free agency shows. It was it was, uh, it was was fun bringing them to you. I mean, like, I'm not even kidding. I'm not, like, trying to brag or anything. We put a lot of effort in those, a lot of energy. So I, I really do hope you enjoyed them. If you did, let us know. On, you know. First of all, you can let us know in a review. Go on iTunes, leave a review, five-star rating preferably, four-star if you, you know, if you just like the show but don't love it. Three star if you're a jerk. Um, you can tweet me at Will Brinson. You can tweet at Ryan Wilson CBS at John Breach at uh, Sean J Wagner. We did all the shows together throughout the week. Uh, yeah, if, if you liked them, tweet us and let us know because I think everybody appreciates hearing compliments. Um, we'll get to the news in a second, and then we will do the first part of a three-part mock draft conducted by myself. Ryan Wilson, R.J. White, and Tom Fernelli. We did it. Uh, we recorded it all in one session on Sunday night. We'll drop it in three parts over the next three days. I'll, I'll update you with any news or, or stuff that goes down, of course, as part of an intro. So, you know, if you want to fast forward to the, the mock draft part, by all means, fast forward. I mean, I won't be offended. Won't love it. Uh, but before you do that, you should make sure that you help win your bracket. You want to win your bracket. You're going to be filling out a bracket in the next three days. And the only way to do that is to go to Sportsline to get your office bragging rights secured. Last year, Sportsline's optimal bracket finished at the top 5% of all CBS sports brackets, called Villanova winning it all, and they had an upset bracket that correctly predicted 12 of 18 first-round upsets by double-digit seeds over the past three years. That's really good. That's hard to do. So, Go to sportsline.com slash brackets, use promo code touchdown, and you're going to get your first month of Sportsline for just a dollar. That's promo code touchdown at sportsline.com slash brackets. The big news, of course, out of the, uh, out of the weekend, I think, right? Was, um, well, actually there's multiple big stories. Kareem Hunt was suspended. I forgot Friday feels like a, a year ago. Uh, Kareem Hunt suspended eight games by the NFL, can return for the second half of the Browns season. I actually think this is a pretty big win for Kareem Hunt to only get eight games because it looked like he, you know, when you read that, when you read the release from the NFL and you see that there were multiple incidents in which he was being Discipline for, you know, this is not just the hotel incident that we saw on video. There were multiple incidents in which Kareem Hunt was being punished, you know, being punished for by the league that the league looked into. Um, he, quote unquote, only got eight games. It could have been a lot worse, man. And I don't, I don't think there's any answer as to what number of games is acceptable for, uh, you know, bad, like wrongful, but allegedly wrongful behavior. And I think Kareem Hunt actually in this case, you know, there's no allegations. He's come out and apologized and said he's in the wrong and he's seeking help and all that. Um, and, you know, it's one of those weird situations where the NFL wants to make sure they punish somebody enough. You know, Kareem Hunt's not appealing, so it's going to be locked in eight games. So the NFL sort of wins the PR battle there. Um, they don't want to look like they're taking it easy on somebody like Kareem Hunt. They want to make sure that, you know, he is um, severe, you know, punished severely enough for his actions. And I think they, I think they probably found a nice – a nice middle ground, but certainly given 
multiple incidents, Kareem Hunt could have been suspended longer. This is good news for Nick Chubb. Fantasy owners, he will be a first-round pick. You will be able to start him. It means Duke Johnson won't be traded, and it means that Kareem Hunt will probably come back for the se- – he will come back for the second half of the season. The Browns' ninth game, we will see uh, you know, how much they use him. I would assume they ease him in, but certainly I would expect him to be a pretty critical part of their their – Theoretical playoff push, which is not something you're used to saying about the Browns. Um, the uh, the other big news on Friday, we saw Ryan Tannehill traded to the Tennessee Titans, creating some issues on both sides of the uh, the ledger here in terms of the quarterback situations. For starters, there's the obvious you know concern. I think if you're you know, a Titans fan is, uh, is Marcus Mariota the guy? Nobody knows. I mean, we don't, we don't know if Mariota is, is the answer at quarterback. We, we know that he is a good and talented quarterback, but we don't know if he's the future there for Tennessee. They certainly haven't extended him. So I think it's fair to wonder if he is the answer. Um, I don't know that Ryan Tannehill is the answer, but they're getting him cheap. It's a one year, seven million dollar deal, uh, with incentives that playing time, playing time could push it above that. Um, but certainly for Tannehill, you're looking at a situation where he is a big, big upgrade over Blaine Gabbert. He, he's a very similar player, I think, to, to Marcus Mariota, not just in the way that they, they actually play on the field, but you know, with the styles you see, the, the, their, their tendencies, their accuracy, et cetera. And so I think from that perspective, uh, this is a good move by Tennessee. It's expensive to do a 20, 2024 20, round pick for him, but you're getting a, a backup back that you trust. And if Mariota, Mariota struggles, or he gets hurt, you can plug Tannehill in there and you can win some games because you're not winning a lot of games with Blaine Gabbard. So I think that's a big win uh, for the Tennessee Titans in that respect. I like the move from the Dolphins' perspective too. Getting a fourth-round pick for a guy you were about to cut, that's a great deal. And believe me, the Dolphins were definitely cutting Ryan Tannehill. They were not going to... They were not going to keep him around unless there was just no other quarterback options on the open market. So they got a fourth-round pick next year for him on a team that is clearly rebuilding. That's not a bad deal at all. Uh, and then they went out and signed on Sunday. Ryan Fitzpatrick, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, former Buffalo Bills quarterback. He's been all over the place. Um, been Jets quarterback, got a Titans quarterback. He's played everywhere. Uh, the deal is a two-year deal. I uh, can get, I think it's like upwards of like $20 million total, like a, maybe it's 11 or $12 million. I don't know. It's something huge. Uh, but it, it's based on incentives. We'll see how he does. It's not a terrible, look, it's a good signing for the Dolphins. They didn't need to invest a first round pick in the middle of the first round on a rookie quarterback. What they need to do is to, uh, you know, to get a, to get a guy that, um, that can, they can give them some wins, make it, you know, make it so they're not tanking, help people grow a little bit in terms of their young players, and also, uh, you know, also get in a situation where they can, you know, they can hope that they're developing some guys and, and win some games. I, and, you know, you don't, you don't want to completely tank. So from that perspective, I like the signing of, uh, of Ryan Fitzpatrick to the, uh, to the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill is reportedly under, under investigation for alleged battery. That is a, is a very serious charges that are, that are coming out of that. We will see exactly uh, how that goes. But certainly, you know, hearing that on the same day that Kareem Hunt was suspended, that is concerning. I, I would anticipate that – I mean, not that they're on the same team, but remember they were drafted by John Dorsey. Um, we'll see exactly what uh, the, the, the Chiefs do with that. I would, I would assume that they have to – Sort of slow play, like they don't, you know, they gotta make sure that, that, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, they dropped Kareem Hunt within, um, you know, 
hours of uh, hours of the situation where he was involved in, and uh, and now they have they have a decision to make on Tyreek Hill. Max Unger, Saints three-time Pro Bowl center, retired after ten seasons. It's really a big loss. That was a great trade for them. They they traded away Jimmy Graham and they got Max Unger and picks high pick and um and that, that ended up being a really good deal for them and the, the Saints have been very good. Eli Manning got his five million dollar roster bonus over the weekend, which means he'll be back in 2019. Very exciting. Who doesn't love that? Johnny Menzel signed with the AAF, headed to Memphis. Big deal for uh, for Memphis to land Johnny Menzel there. I would anticipate that he ends up uh, generating some stories. For the, uh, for the world to, to watch. Steelers signed Mark Barron. It's a pretty big signing there too. Uh, he could help them out at linebacker. Of course, drafted in the first round as a safety, but, uh, has since transferred over. We'll see, uh, we'll see how, uh, how that works out for the Steelers, but clearly they're a team that, that, you know, needs to, to get better at the linebacking position. As we mentioned, uh, Blake Bortle or Ryan Fitzpatrick signed Blake Bortles. Is uh, visiting the Rams. Might be the backup behind Jared Goff. I don't hate that. I like the investment. The Rams need to go out and invest in a backup quarterback. I like that. It's a good move. I can uh I can see that potentially working out okay for them. So I don't I don't mind that at all. And uh then Jerry Jones thanked the uh the Browns for trading for Odell Beckham. Glad to see him out of the NFC East. So that's uh don't blame him. Everyone should thank him. I'm not sure why the um not sure why the again, why the Giants did that, but they did it. And now they're going to have to fill the roster void in the draft, which reminds me, we got a mock draft to talk about. So let's get to it. That's the news for the week. We'll be back tomorrow uh, doing the same thing, two parts. We're going to do picks 1 through 10 today, picks 11 through 20 tomorrow, picks uh, 21 through 32 on Wednesday. And then as news pops up, uh, we will we'll be working on that, of course. In the meantime, subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you as always. You guys are the best. Talk to you, uh, well, after this break, and then uh, I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome to part one of our Mock Draft Monday. Spreading it out over three days, actually. Joining me now and for the next two days um, we'll, we'll split it up. We're recording it all at once, obviously, in case you didn't realize that. Myself, CBS Sports NFL draft expert, Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports college football writer, Tom Fernelli, and CBS Sports, uh, senior draft editor, RJ White. How you doing? Did, uh, did I get the titles correctly? Was that right, Tom? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Are you senior draft, senior college football writer? What are you, what's your, 
I have no idea what my title is. I'm just the guy they have write things. <laughs> I write stuff. Ryan, yeah. um, your title I got correctly, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, I, I don't refer to myself as an expert. I covered the draft. But <laughs> um, if you want to call me an expert, I'll take it. Well, you got to promote yourself. I know I taught you that. Yeah, that's why you're the senior NFL writer of uh, and head of operations for for uh, Ion Football. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. worth pointing out, I noticed this the other day because you were begging for one. You got it. You got your blue blue check mark on Instagram. Where do you go on that? I did. I had to. Uh, I had to send uh, Gabe Rose, our director of social. I had to ship him my uh, my copy of my driver's license to get it done. But I, my, my wife is mad. She was very mad. She's like, I have more followers on Instagram than you do. This is garbage. Um, I love that you sell yourself for a, a copy of your driver's license. That pretty much says all you need to know about Will Brent. I would have, I would have, I would have lobbed off my uh, pinky finger and put it in the mail to Gabe if he needed a fingerprint. Uh, anyway, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Will Brinson. You can follow these guys on various social media stuff. We'll get to it throughout the show. If you got a good question about the picks, let us know. Here's how we're doing it. We're breaking it down. Uh, each, like I have, I'm drafting for Oakland. Right, you know, we're doing it by team. Like we're splitting them up. So Ryan has the Cardinals and the Buccaneers and Buffalo. So it's worth pointing out. So RJ sent out the list. It was there are four of us here. So yeah. you know, we each get the first four picks. But we had trades. I refuse to take part in trades because you guys are degenerates. So. We, we did a lot. Of, we did a lot of <laughs> trades. We banged out this draft in like in like 30 minutes too, which is pretty good. Oh, I thought you were going to continue. Yes. We yeah, have. Yeah, just so uh, we made some trades, so some people pick back to back, but I'm sure we'll announce it as we go. Just so if you're wondering why we're uh, sort of in random orders because of the trades that took place during the email chain. Right. Well, we wanted to simulate a real mock draft, and we involved uh, multiple parties, myself, Tom, and RJ, who are degenerate uh, sports fans enough to the point that, like, like, once Tom and RJ were involved in the draft, I knew there would be trades. Like, there was no way we were going to construct this draft without trades, right, RJ? Yeah, I, I do my mock, uh, you know, every two weeks, you and I alternate on Wednesdays putting our mocks out. And each time my mock comes out, I have at least, you know, six or seven trades because every time we get to an NFL draft, there's six or seven trades, you know, at least. So if you want to simulate what a draft's going to look like, you have to include some trades. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you 100%. Um, okay. Well, let's, uh, with that in mind, let's dive on in. Ryan, you were, you mentioned you didn't trade, but that you were on the clock first overall, and you are the Arizona Cardinals, one of your teams. I don't think we need to let people know what teams we have, uh, first. So we'll just dive straight in. You are the Arizona Cardinals. What are you doing with the number one pick? Uh, quickly, I'm looking at the email chain Friday when we did this. We started at 5 p.m. We we're done by 11:30, and, yeah. and I'll be honest. At around 10 o'clock, I just set my alarm for every 20 minutes to check my email because uh, I may, have, may or may not fall asleep. That is um, the old, that is the most washed thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But very respectful of his peers, unlike you, who would take two weeks off and not tell anyone. So, with the first <laughs> overall pick, don't make faces. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. No real surprise there. I don't think at this point, which is insane to say, given that they have Josh Rosen and we've talked about it to death, but. I think Cliff Kingsbury, um, who tore it up at Texas Tech last year, you can never say that without laughing, uh, is now suddenly uh, getting his quarterback. And I don't know what to do with Josh Rosen. Hopefully the, the Giants come to their senses and, and make a bid for him. Because as we just learned as we're recording this, the Dolphins have their quarterback in the future. We can talk about that later. Mm, indeed they do. They <laughs> signed uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's got apparently, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, and they signed him on um, – on Sunday, you're sort of, yeah, we've actually, we've already talked about that because that's the news portion of the program that, that kicks off the beginning of the podcast. But, uh, yes, they have, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, $11 million contract that can spike up to $20 million. Why wouldn't you want to give Ryan Fitzpatrick $20 million? Um, do you think that, do you think that Josh Rosen is on the Cardinals roster in June? 
Not in June. He'll be there till right before the draft, I feel like, because you don't want to – if something happens with Kyler, you never know. But uh, I think maybe draft night the Giants decide to trade for him because the more and more you hear from people near the Giants, they're not taking a quarterback at number six, mm. which blows my mind given the current state of things over there. But maybe Josh Rosen is an option. Maybe they're going to target one in the second round. I, I know we have one – Maybe or maybe not going uh, in this draft. We'll find out. But yeah, it's also fact- smokescreen season. Like I wouldn't trust anything anybody says right now. This is the perfect time you throw anything out because you, if you're the Giants and you do want a quarterback, you want to make teams think that you don't want a quarterback so they don't have to trade over you to get it. Like if you're the Broncos and you're looking at a guy like Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray, if he were to fall, you think you can trade to eight to get him? That's fine. You know, if the Giants, you you think the Giants want him, you have to trade to five or four. You know, to get up there. So. Uh, it's in the Giants' best interest to make people think they don't want a quarterback if they do. I'm not saying they do want a quarterback, but it's smokescreen season for a reason. That's why That's why we consider it that. RJ, is it in the Giants' best interest to say they're going to keep Odell Beckham and then sign him to a big deal and then trade him? That's Look, the only reason I'm confused. That's like, the plan. Like, you have to have a plan, and you have to stick to it. <laughs> if that plan is signing Odell Beckham to an extension, then trading him. Like that, you just go with it. I was going to say, if there's any front office in the NFL I trust to outsmart anybody right now, it's the New York Giants. Right. Uh, RJ, did you can, yeah, very seriously, Tom, did you consider, uh, offering, did Ryan draft Kyler Murray too quickly, or were you trying to make some sort of offer at any point for, uh, Josh Rosen? As the Giants GM, I believe you were, because you and I swapped later. Yeah. Yeah, I was the Giants GM. I wasn't really thinking about Rosen. I think that if the Cardinals do take Murray, uh, you know, number one, I don't think a trade's gonna, trade's gonna happen during the first round. I don't think it'll involve a first round pick. I think once you know, teams are focusing on what they're going to draft, um, the prospects they they've marked up on their board, who who they're looking at, and once you the dust settles and you get through, you know, Thursday night, that's when the calls start happening. Then maybe something comes together Friday morning before you get into round two, and he's traded for a second round pick. So so we'll see what happens at the end of this first round. Then you can think about the teams that he might go to. Okay, um, second up in our mock draft was you, RJ, and you were the San Francisco 49ers. You're John Lynch. What you doing? Yeah, this is a slam dunk pick. If Kyler Murray goes number one, you got to take Bosa. I know they just got D Ford and he's going to help the pass rush. You can never have too many pass rushers. You know, you look at the, the teams that have been successful, it's because they have so many rotational guys. Nick Bosa isn't a rotational guy. You can play on all three downs. You can move him around the line if you want. You can put him inside and rush, rush from the interior and, you know, next to D Ford and good luck trying to defend that if you're, if you're a uh, offensive line. Uh, with some weak tackles on, on, on one of your side and weak guards. Um, so, yeah, I think they got to do that. I think they're praying Kyler Murray goes number one, either to the Cardinals or in a trade-up because Bose is just an easy pick for them to make. Mm. Uh, number three, yeah, I think I agree with you. It's a slam dunk. Number three, Tom, you are uh, Mike McCagnan. Congratulations on your uh, all your success. You smell terrific, in the words of Ace Ventura. What are you doing at number three? I'm taking the best player in this draft who is still on the board. I'm taking Alabama defensive line, Quinnen Williams, who, as I said, I believe he's the best player in this draft. It's just with the way of positional value in the NFL draft, quarterbacks and edge rushers are always going to have a higher value than the guy, you know, the interior lineman at this point. But I still think that he's effective as a pass rusher from the middle of the line, and he's very good at stopping the run. And I think that it's not a huge need for the Jets, but the talent and the ability of him and what he can do for them in the future, I think they just won't pass on if he's still there at three. Okay. Um, so you would take Quentin Williams over Nick Bosa then, is what you're saying? Yes. yes. If they were both on the board for, like, and even if you're the 49 I mean, the 49 I would take Quentin Williams if I was the Cardinals. 
Wow. He's going to be the best player in this draft. Wow. He's not going to go number one, but I would take him over everybody else in this draft. Just based on the odds of them being a like all pro type NFL player. Okay. That's spicy. Plus the Cardinals, they have Corey Peters in the middle and uh Kim Dice. How do you say his name? I can't remember. Robert, Corey Peters Robert is old. Kim Dice, yes. And Kim Dice hasn't really set the world on fire. You have Chandler Jones. He did, I mean, he did, Williams there makes a ton of sense. He did fall out of a building one time. So you get that point. <laughs> yes, that. he fell uh, off a balcony. <laughs> uh, I would actually, I actually think that there's a case that Quentin Williams could go one. Like, I don't think it would be that shocking if. That's what Tom just said. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Tom said he should go one. I'm saying, he said, but he doesn't think oh, he, he will. I'm saying. Oh, no, I don't think he will, but what, I, what, I think that he's the best player in the draft. I could see, look, I think the Cardinals are a decent chance the Cardinals are smoke screening like crazy on Kyler Murray, as, as RJ pointed out. And I think that there's a good chance that they would take Quinton Williams instead of Nick Bosa. I don't, I don't think it's what, a, what benefit do they have to smoke screen if they're going to stay at number one and take someone else? They want to trade Get down. somebody to trade up. Yeah, they want, yeah you're, trying to, you're trying to bait the Raiders into trading, you know, four plus. But if you stay there, things. you're just wasting time. <laughs> well, yeah, but you try to build up your trade value. Like, a, we're doing a we're doing a a, a fake thirty two pick mock draft. We're like we're a month <laughs> out. Everybody everybody's just wasting time right how, now. How dare I question what people do with the time? Fair point. All right. My uh, only thing is if, if you're Cliff Kingsbury and you're doing all this arm waving about we definitely want this quarterback Kyler Murray, and then you don't trade down. You're just blowing smoke for sake of blowing smoke. But again, that's what <laughs> welcome, we're doing. welcome to the draft season. Um, all right. I am, uh, I am the New York. No, I'm the Oakland. I am John Gruden and Mike Mayock. Hell yeah. This guy feels good. Um, and I got a, I got a little phone call from a, uh, 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 a high pants wearing guy in New York named Dave Gettleman. And he said, Hey, listen. I know I gotta do something to distract people from this Odell Beckham trade. <laughs> you want a deal? And I was like, yeah, sure. I, I don't know who I'm gonna pick at number four. I don't really love this Josh Allen kid. So I will trade down. Uh, RJ, we, this is a little controversy out of the gate. You thought you hosed me. I feel like it was a pretty, uh, pretty decent swap. I gave you number four overall and num- number 24 overall. And number 196 overall, that's a uh, six-round pick. And then you gave me in return number six and number 17. So the Giants and the Raiders shake it all up in this draft. Yeah, I, you know, the reason I do think that it's it's I hose you in this is because there's three blue chippers to me. And I'm not trading up for Dwayne Haskins. You know, I'm sure as Giants fans heard this trade up, they're like, oh, here we go with this Dwayne Haskins stuff. No, there's three blue chippers. you got Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams, and Josh Allen. You might not be in love with Josh Allen. I think he's the perfect fit for what the Giants want to do on defense. He can rush with his hand in the dirt. He can stand up and rush. He can peel off and play some coverage. And you give that kind of guy to Vector, I mean, he can do all sorts of things with him. All of a sudden, your pass rush isn't looking so bad after getting rid of Olivier Vernon. So I don't think dropping from 17 to 24 is that big of a difference in terms of talent that's going to be available. Um, maybe, you know, there's a guy that I could have gotten at 17 that I would have rather had than who I ended up with at 24. But in terms of going from 6 to, to 4 and getting that last blue chipper that I think is on the board, I think there's a pretty big drop-off with the next guys after that. So uh, I think it's a great deal to go up and get Josh Allen here for the Giants. Mm, okay. Um are you are you a hundred percent convinced that Josh Allen is going to be a blue chip prospect? I mean, or like like that he's going to be an effective, um, like an effective player at the next level? I just have concerns that we've seen uh, not that he's Bud Dupree two point but and I mean Tom, maybe you can speak to this too. I mean, like as, as somebody who watches college all the time, but I, I just I don't know. Just how Josh Allen feels a little concerning to me for some reason. I, I mean, I think Josh Allen's an NFL player. I don't know if he's going to be an NFL superstar. 
or anything. I mean, the one thing about him that kind of concerns you is that he really only has one full season of like actual production at the college level. He had, he had a couple, you know, he was good as a freshman and a sophomore, but it was this year. He just kind of blew up and had an amazing season as Kentucky overall, that defense had an amazing season. And I feel like he was the main benefactor of it, but he's, he's got the talent. He's a very good player. I just, I, I don't know if I'd consider him blue chip as much as I would consider him a, if we were doing it in college football recruiting terms, I would say he's a high four star, not a five star. Mm. RJ, your counter? No, you don't have to counter. It's fine. Yeah, no, that that you know that's fine. It, I'm not going to say he's completely bust proof. I just think that he he fits the Giants what they do well. And um, yeah, I think your your floor for him is a really good NFL player. If not, you know, Von Miller. You know, you might not get like one of the best pass rushers of the last ten years, but you're going to get a good NFL player either way. And he's not going to be on the board at six, I would think. Uh, hey Tom, would you say that um, that Josh Allen is is a better college player than Bud Dupree was? Because I feel like he is. Oh yeah. He's yeah. better than Bud Dupree was. And Bud went in the middle late first round, so. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, I guess my stigma is even, I mean, and this, I don't think that this is like a crazy notion for anybody to have, but it's sort of like the Kentucky, like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, is the Kentucky thing, is that, is that stupid of me to be worried that because he came from Kentucky as opposed to, I, I don't know, somewhere that is, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to explain other than a stupid. Jim Couch stupid. went to Kentucky, Brinson? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be worried about that. Yeah, they're I mean, playing against SEC talent. I think yeah. you know, something to go, go along with that. Um, I mean, he's, yeah, he's going against SEC tackles every week, and he had, what, 17 sacks? I, I think that's, you know, it's pretty a good. good sign. That's pretty good. Yeah, you're right. Uh, number five. Tim, he didn't he stayed, but he'll, he'll, he'll manage probably when he gets to the next I'm level. Just, I'm just thinking, I feel like people might have questions. They're like, ah, Josh Allen, he's the third overall. Like, he's going top five. He's a lock. He's a blue chipper. And then people are like, well, is he? Have, is he good? Would you rather be Josh Allen, Kentucky? Josh Allen, comma, Wyoming? Uh, Josh Allen, comma, Wyoming, because he's a running back and a quarterback. Number five, <laughs> Ryan on the clock. Uh, you are Jason Light. Mm. I would say congratulations I'm on your thinking... success, but yeah, not so much. What's that? I'd say congratulations on your success, but not so much. Oh, yeah. So uh, you're on the clock. So look, Bruce Arians is there. Jameis Winston is staying. And they're going to be throwing bombs all day long. In order to do that, you got to protect Jameis. So they're taking Jawan Taylor. Um, first offensive tackle off the board, first offensive lineman off the board, right tackle for Florida. He's a monster. And, uh, I know they bring him back, uh, Donovan Smith on the left and DeMar Dotson on the right, but, um, neither of those guys are superstars and, and Jawan Taylor has a, has a chance to be a superstar. Uh, I'm on the clock now and I'll be honest. Um, I, I don't know if I messed this up. I'll be curious what you guys think, but I traded down obviously as the uh, Giants, uh, uh, as the Raiders, excuse me, with the Giants. And the goal was, my thought process here was, okay, I'm at four. If I move down to six, there are three edge rushers that I think are going to be pretty good or three defensive, three impact defensive linemen that I think are going to be pretty good. Um, I'm not entirely sure who I would want first between Josh Allen, uh, Montez Sweat and Ed Oliver. And I ended up going with Ed Oliver. Uh, he feels like a Raiders guy because of his high upside and his athleticism and all the hype surrounding him. Uh, would I have been better off, do you think, Tom, going with Montez Sweat instead of Ed Oliver? Uh, no. I mean, I think that Ed Oliver can – I think, honestly, Montez Sweat is, is very good at what he does, and we'll be getting to him later anyway. But I, he he's more of a one-dimensional player. I think Ed Oliver – as far as skill and ability, and I know that the comparisons come because of the size and everything, but to me, as far as what he can do or what he is capable of doing, he's the most Aaron Donald-esque player in this draft. My only concern with him is 
he gets tired, he gets worn down during games, and at times he just seems like he might be taking plays off, and that could also be boredom because, you know, he went, he was a five-star recruit who went to Houston and played in the American, which isn't quite like playing in the SEC. You're playing against some scrubby dudes during the middle of conference season, and maybe he wasn't all that, you know, into it. But th- there were times where you just kind of questioned the effort level. That's really the only question I have about him. I think he's going to be a very solid, you know, defensive tackle in the NFL. Uh, and Paul Gunther, I think, would be a good uh, good coach for him as well. Gunther's done – I think he's done – he didn't do a great job last year, but the Raiders' defense was an absolute disaster. Tom, you are now on the clock as the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dave Caldwell, what are you going to do to help out your man Nick Foles? You know, we got to get him some targets, but there's not really a receiver I love at this point to take this early. But I, I have an absolute – unabashed man crush on tight end TJ Hawkinson out of Iowa. And I think he would be a great fit for the Jaguars. Not just because he can line up, he can line up outside as a receiver and, you know, run routes. He's not, he doesn't have the same kind of athletic traits as his teammate Noah Fant does, but I think he's a much better tight end and he's definitely a much better inline blocker on the line. And I think that if you're the Jaguars considering their identity and what they still prefer to do on offense, even with Nick Foles over Blake Bortles, when you got Fournette back there, that's going to have value with them. And I just think that he's a perfect fit for that offense, considering what they have and what they need. I was a little bit mad about that. Cause I also was hoping that, uh, that, that TJ Hawkinson would be on the board. RJ, do you think we see a tight end go top 10, top five? In real life? I think uh, five is probably too high, but I think 10, 10 is a pretty good spot for him. I think that would be still high that some people would think, but he seems like a good fit in Jacksonville, like Tom was saying. Um, he would be a good fit for Detroit. You know, you could see Denver really, really liking him and even Buffalo. So, I mean, any of those teams at the back end of the top 10 would, would be a good spot for him. Well, 12 too with Green Bay. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Um, and in fact, the reason why on this next selection that I ultimately decided to trade out of the pick, with, uh, with RJ, I, I, I am the Detroit Lions. We're talking about number eight overall here. Uh, I, I, I'm the Lions. I was gonna take Hawkinson and I was hoping he was gonna be there. And then when, um, when Tom snaked him, I was willing to listen to a trade from RJ and I gotta tell you, good offer. Bold me over. You get number eight overall. You're the Denver Broncos. John Elway. Uh, you can do your best John Elway impression if you, if you want. Um, you get number eight overall and number 111 overall. And I, uh, Bob Quinn, get number 10 overall and number 71 overall. So basically drop down two spots and move up 40 spots. Nice offer. I don't even think we had to have a counter on it. And uh, I let you move into the number eight spot, RJ, with the uh, Denver Broncos. Yeah, I'm not going to do an Elway impression, but I, I'm, more, I'm more than fine going down 40 spots, you know, in day, day from day two to day three to get up and get this quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. I think he's the type you want in terms of throwing from the pocket, and I think he's really going to fit well with uh, with Denver. I know they were connected to Drew Locke. You know, everybody says always in love with Drew Locke, but I think when Haskins gets in that range, if he gets out of the top seven, I think it's worth paying this relatively small price to go up and get him. You know, he's a strong arm. He's not the most accurate deep passer, but I think he's going to shine in the middle of the field and get, hit those guys like, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders and, and Deshaun Hamilton and all those doing work over the field, the middle of the field, and he's going to be good for that offense. So he probably doesn't start day one. I think you still go with Flacco if De- if Denver winds up with him and then let him get comfortable. Obviously, he was a one-year starter at Ohio State, so maybe you do let him learn the offense a little bit before you throw him out there. But I think it's a good pick for the Broncos long-term and that they finally have their quarterback. Right. Plus, he could see over the line from under center, which is the most important thing for a quarterback, according Fire. to John Elway. 
Oh, oh I, I thought no, I, no shotgun for Dwayne Haskins. I thought you were firing shots at, at Kyler Murray, but you're accurately firing shots at John Elway, <laughs> who is a has a very bizarre like fetish with tall quarterbacks, right? I mean, like it's like Joe Flacco, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, all over six foot uh, six foot six. Tom. Yeah, no, he loves tall guys that can't move. <laughs> so do you think he, he also said that Joe Flacco at 34 years old is entering his prime? Entering his prime, yes. He's he's insane. He's lost his mind. He's reeling. He knows that nobody can Everything touch him. Let's go. That's my that's my John Elway impression of the car dealership. Uh, Tom, what are your thoughts on uh, on Haskins as a quarterback prospect as it relates to sort of the, like the guys the last two years coming out of college and maybe the guys coming up in a couple of years? I don't think I'd have him in my top. If you're including last year's QBs, I don't think he's in the top three. Right. I think that in this class, he's one of the I, – I feel like this is a two-quarterback class, and I think he's one of the two. I think Murray's the <laughs> other one. And when it when it comes to the two of them, I just look at – I think Haskins has a higher floor than Kyler Murray. I just don't think his ceiling is nearly as high as Murray's. And I think that he, he reminds me of Byron Leftwich more than anybody when I watch him play. He's not the kind of guy – he doesn't really want to move around in the pocket. And if you get pressure, particularly up the middle, he's in – you know, he really gets flustered and doesn't really – have any kind of counter, but you could say that about a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. If you get Tom Brady from the middle of the offensive line, he's not going anywhere either. So I don't think that's really a huge impediment, but I think he's got a strong arm. And like RJ was saying, I think he's very good over the middle of the field. Things get a little iffy once he goes outside the numbers and down the field. But overall, I think he's a solid prospect. And I don't, I don't know if I want him starting right away either. I think that the kind of situation in Denver where they've got Flacco could be good for him because he only did play that one season at Ohio State, and that's always kind of a question mark with these guys when you only see them for one year. They're quote-unquote football young still. So I, I think he could use a little more development, but I think that he's got a you know he's the potential to be a solid NFL starter. The other thing I think that Haskins, and I like this move by RJ slash Elway, is that if you're John Elway and you trade for jo, uh, Joe Flacco, you and even if you're lying about him being in his prime, you can draft Dwayne Haskins, and you extend, I think, the longevity of your own personal career inside a, in in Denver. Even like I don't know that he's going to get canned because he's John Elway, and there's not really a solid ownership group in place. But the idea that you could say, all right, we're drafting Dwayne Haskins, but we want to let him sit and develop behind Joe, and you let Joe work for the next year, maybe two years, whatever it is, and that gives you a little bit of cushion in terms of not getting fired by. Um, we'll see what happens with the ownership transition. Maybe Elway is just bulletproof because of the who he is. strategy. I mean, he, I mean, he, I, what's his other, what's his other strategy been with quarterbacks? It's a, he's been a disaster. No, I don't disagree. It's just not working. Well, right. But I mean, can't you see him doing that and being like, yeah, I've got this. Has- I don't know if he's worried about getting fired. I don't think he has to go through the, the motions of even doing that. Just do what you're doing. Keep finding six, eight quarterbacks and see what happens it's like you're saying it's like office space where he's just like he's like pinning a fish up against or like gutting a fish on his on his desk and nobody cares in fact they end up promoting him maybe so um we had another trade my god did i do all these trades or was this is this is this an rj and this one's me yeah but did yeah. you trade with rj rj were you buffalo no, he traded with me oh ryan you did trade. try to you tried to draft Wayne haskins twice and we had to rectify that <laughs> yeah, you're the mike tice of uh vikings drafts <laughs> yeah the mike tice of vikings drafts i was who 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 would who's the most likely coach or gm to be sitting on their sitting there like pounding beer during the draft if you had to pick one gm who's slamming beer and accidentally drafting a guy who's already been drafted who would that be because that's me in this particular draft he's not even Very. pounding beer he's completely sober it's it's john gruden <laughs> gruden's a good choice who'd you say tom 
I was going to say Jerry Jones. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> they left Jerry Jones in the closet during the draft. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Walker Blue. Uh, all right, so walk me through this trade between uh, between you two gentlemen. Tom, you moved up, so explain the offer you made to Ryan. I, I'm the Packers. I was at number twelve. I offered Ryan and the Buffalo Bills the number nine and one eighty one picks for twelve one. Or I I got number nine and one eighty one, and I gave Buffalo twelve one fourteen and one eighteen. And I moved up because there was an edge rusher dropping that you know at number twelve. I couldn't be a hundred percent sure was still going to be there for me, and I thought there was value there. And if I'm the Packers. You might, their, their pass rush wasn't awful last year, but it's just, you know, they, they don't have Clay Matthews coming back. They need to get younger and faster, particularly in their front seven and in linebacker core. And I saw Montez Sweat. That's who I made with the pick. And, you know, everybody at the combine was amazed by Montez Sweat's 40 yard time. And I knew he was fast. I was, I was shocked he was as fast as he was in the 40. But my concern with him was his, you know, fluidity in his hips because at times when I would watch the tape of him playing it at Mississippi State, he looked kind of stiff when it went to going left and right. But he performed well in like, you know, the other drills, the cone drills and the shuttles. That was a good sign for me. According, for me, it was a good sign to see him being able to perform that well in those drills. And I just think that right away, while he would probably, he's still going to need some work in the run game being a run stopper, but for the Packers to just, they could start him day one and he's going to improve that pass rush for them and he's going to give them a, you know, serious problem in a division where they've got to de- deal with the Vikings and the Bears now too. You know, it's, it's not the same Packers running things anymore. Mm. I like it. It's a good move. And, and you're right because I was planning, I'm at 10. I was hoping with the, with the Lions after trading down, I was thinking I was going to get Montez Sweat. And when you took him, it panicked me. Uh, I was sitting there drinking beer, not, not paying enough attention clearly. And that's when I tried to draft Dwayne Haskins for the second time. I, I mean, I, I like the Sweat. I don't think Sweat's getting out of the top 10, right? Do you, RJ, don't you think he'd, he's a lock for the top 10 based on how he performed at the combine? Yeah. I wouldn't call it a lock. You know, I don't think people are, are moving themselves too much on the combine. You know, you can get some attention there. I think he's definitely a lock for like the top 15. Um, but, but I would be surprised if he went higher than say five. You know, I, but I wouldn't be that surprised if he, if he slipped out of the top 10 a little bit. Um, I, you know, thinking about the fit with the Packers, I know they did signs at Area Smith and Preston Smith. You know, they, they made some big moves to try to help that pass rush. But like I said, with the Bosa pick, you can never have too many pass rushers. And if you do have things to work on with Montez Sweat, like Tom was saying, he can work on them. You know, you can get him in a defined edge rush role, immediately rotate in, and then he builds himself into a complete player that you end up signing and moving on from like a Preston Smith, you know, down the road. Uh, all right, and then left at ten. I feel like I do this. I feel like I do this pick in like every single mock draft, but I, I don't. I can't get away from it. I end up giving the Detroit Lions Rashawn Gary, who people complain. Tom, you're a Big Ten guy. People complain he doesn't have enough production, and that's who I drafted at number ten overall. Um, your local product, it just kind of fits. It feels now. We did this draft, I guess, before. Um, and they said, you know, they had signed Trey Flowers. I said, I don't care. They, they need more, they need more edge rush help. Uh, but now if you have, you know, you have Rashawn Gary, you have, uh, Deshaun Hand, you have Damon Harrison, you have Trey Flowers, all of a sudden you got, you're cooking with gas. Do you think, uh, Gary is a guy that, that can achieve over what he did in college, Tom? Yes, because I hated the way Michigan used him. Mm. Uh, he, this is a dude who, like, you know, he, he's labeled, if you look at everything in the draft, he's labeled as an edge rusher. I mean, Michigan was essentially using him as a defensive tackle, filling a gap. And I felt like with his talented abilities, now based on what Don Brown does with his defense, it made perfect sense to have Gary there because he had other guys he could use in the way that they played. It's just Rashawn Gary's skill set is a lot more 
well-rounded than what Michigan was asking him to do. Now, at times, could you question whether he was disruptive enough in the middle of the line? Yes, but I just don't know if that's really what he's best at. I think if you line him up at defensive end or even, you know, at an outside linebacker sometimes in a 3-4 kind of situation, I think that he's a good enough athlete where he can wreak a lot of havoc as a pass rusher. Interesting. All right, so is 10 too early for him, Ryan, or do you, can you see Gary go, is Gary going to go this high in this draft? No, he's insanely athletic, and, and Tom's exactly right. Like I've talked to people close to him, and they complain about how poorly he was used at Michigan. And even when he was on the edge rushing, a lot of times his only job was to, to occupy the tackle, no inside moves to allow people behind him to make plays. So the NFL teams just have to figure out how do they convert that athleticism into you know consistent edge rush. And yeah, if he's not better than he was in college, he he should probably be a fifth or sixth round pick. But he blew it up at the combine, which didn't surprise anybody in terms of the forty time and his measurables. Just a matter of what do you see? How do you translate that and what we rarely saw at Michigan uh, onto the field? But he's a top ten talent. Just a matter of finding it. All right, so we're gonna take uh, we're gonna we're gonna split off the the draft here, and we'll come back uh, tomorrow for people listening and do uh, eleven through twenty. But just to recap, Arizona one, uh, Kyler Murray, uh, San Francisco two, Nick Bosa, the Jets take Quinn and Williams at three, Josh Allen taken by the Giants who trade up with Oakland to take him at four. The Buccaneers stand pat to take Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle out of Florida, at number five. The Raiders take Ed Oliver from Houston at number six. TJ Hawkinson, tight end to the Jaguars at number seven. Dwayne Haskins, uh, quarterback, goes to the Denver Broncos, who trade up to get him at eight. Montez Sweat uh, in a trade up to the Packers at nine. And then Rashawn Gary to the Detroit Lions at ten. We'll be back tomorrow for the uh, next set of this mock draft. <laughs>